Hey Jubilee, we're so excited that you've joined us online today to listen to this message in our series, Unseen. If you haven't already heard, you can get better connected to our church by creating an account on JFC Portal or JFC Mobile. If you're on your computer, just go to jfc.org forward slash portal. And if you're on your mobile device, just go to your app store and search Jubilee Fellowship Church. If you'd like to give, just go to jfc.org forward slash give. Thank you so much and have a great day. I'm going to gauge how this surface is going to go by the answer to this question. How's everybody doing? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to have fun today. All right, well, we're going to jump right in. Uh, before, actually, before we jump right in, I want to just encourage you, uh, that Israel trip, if you have never gone, or for those that have gone and you're like, i got to go back, um, come to that information meeting. It is a trip of a lifetime, and it really does make uh, your, your Bible come to living color when you read through it. And I would encourage, if you are on the fence on whether or not you should go or not, uh, come out to that meeting. You, you want to find out at least the information about it, and then hopefully you and uh, your family members could come out on that trip. It's just an amazing, amazing trip. It really does make your Bible come alive. All right, uh, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to start by opening with a word of prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray two things as I pray. First one is that God would speak to you. And the second is that, uh, that you would pray that God would give me the strength. I'm fighting off a head cold. This is the third message of the weekend. And uh, I, I'm afraid that my voice is going to sound like a, a, a teenager, if you know what I mean. Um, and so I'm just praying that God would give me strength so you can join me in doing that right now. So Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. God, we thank you that when we are weak, you are strong. And God, my voice is weak, but I know that the message that you have is a strong message and that you are going to use me to communicate that. So Lord, I pray that I would decrease, my flesh would decrease, and that I would just be solely tapped into your spirit and what you want communicated to this group of people that are listening to me right now, whether here live at Lone Tree or via the, the live stream, God, I know that you have a message and, and a word that you want to give to every person. And so Lord, as we talk about and as we conclude this series on warfare, and the unseen battle that goes around uh, in the spiritual places around us. God, I pray that you would uh, enlighten our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see those things that we battle. God, help us to recognize the things that are taking place. Help us to understand how to fight. Give us strategies and how to fight those things. And ultimately, Lord, we thank you for the fact that you have told us and that you have already prepared in advance for us the fact that we win. And God, we thank you for that. We thank you for the victory, and we pray these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Well, um, the founding scripture for this entire series, is this is part seven. If you haven't listened to the previous messages, go online, because it's been an incredibly good series. Uh, but the, the scripture is found in Ephesians 6, verse 12, and it says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And I want to start by just telling everybody that's listening to me right now, it is important to understand that our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities that go on unseen around us. In the heavenly realms is what Paul writes. In the heavenly realms. Why is this important? Because so much of the battle that we fight every single day we keep our focus on the things that we can see, and so we fight against things that only the enemy wants us to fight against. Let me give you an example. In a marriage, 
I will have couples come in and they will come to me for counseling and I'll look at him and I'll say, hey, do you want to fight with your wife? And he'll go, no. And I'll look at the wife and I'll say, do you want to fight with your husband? And she'll go, no. Then I'll look at them both and say, well, then you, then God must want you to fight. And they look at me like, is this a trick question? And I go, you guys, the answer is no. You have an enemy that wants you to fight. And we fight not against flesh and blood, but we fight against powers and principalities that are around us in realms that we can't see with a physical eyes. So this entire series has been about becoming very aware of the battle that takes place in unseen places that we can't see with our fleshly eyes. And so um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to, to give you just a couple practical tools to conclude the series with. And so the first one is when it comes to this battle on an individual basis, there's a fill in the blank on your, on your note card, uh, but I think it, most everybody's gonna get this one. So I'm gonna say this. The battle for the majority of the time takes place where? Okay, be confident in this. Takes place where? In your mind. It takes place in your mind. Every single person alive struggles with the thoughts that they have. I did a message a long time ago called stinking thinking. Okay, we all struggle with it. We all battle with it. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to take uh, just a short amount of time and I wanted to use a scripture and kind of tell you and, and show you how we are made up as human beings, okay? It's found in 1 Thessalonians. It's the conclusion to his first, Paul's first letter to the church. And this is what he says. He's praying kind of a statement. And he says this, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> May your whole spirit, soul, and body. See, we, every human being alive on this planet, are made up of those three things. We're made up of a spirit. And I've got a little graph on your note card. They're going to put it up here on the screen by me. Um, and I want everybody to understand the importance of this. We are all made of three parts. The first part is our spirit. Now, when you ask Jesus, Romans 10, 9, if you confess Jesus as your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. At that point, that spirit is deposited with the Holy Spirit of God. And let me ask a quick question. How much of the Holy Spirit do you get? You get all of it. You don't get a portion. You don't have to earn it. It's when you confess that Jesus is your Lord, the Holy Spirit is deposited into that one-third of who you are as a human being. You get the Holy Spirit. Boom. It's saved it's led by the Holy Spirit of God, and it is there for the rest of your life. Okay? Then the Bible says that we are made of spirit. Then the next area is soul. So they'll put another circle there. It's a second area. You can put it in your fill in the blank there. Made up of spirit, soul. And then the Word of God says that we are made up of our body. And that'll be a third circle, and you can write it in on your notes there. Now, the spirit, once you ask Jesus into your heart, is saved and is always saved. Your body, the Bible says, that we are going to be given new bodies. The body is carnal, it's fleshly, and it will die. It will never be saved. Okay? I want you to get that distinction. It's the flesh. So what I want to focus on today is our soul. The word of God says that our soul is made up of our mind, of our will, and our emotions. This is why in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. No longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why would we need to renew our mind 
if when we asked Jesus, we were saved just like that in our minds. We wouldn't need to renew our mind. And I want you to understand that there is an unseen battle that takes place for yours and my soul every single day. And here's the interesting thing. I've always heard that the spirit is battling against the flesh, and, and I totally get that, but I want to change it. And maybe it's just a little semantics, but I want to change it because I think it makes a huge difference. Because I don't think the spirit and the soul battle each other. I think the spirit, I mean, sorry, spirit and the flesh battle each other. I think the spirit and the flesh simply are trying to meet the needs of our soul. So I put another picture up here. There's arrows from the spirit trying to meet the needs of our mind, our will, and emotion. But at the same time, our body, our flesh, is trying to meet the needs of our mind, will, and emotions. What does this look like? Anybody ever have a bad day at work? Like half of you. I mean, that's amazing. I think everybody can relate to the fact that sometimes you just have a cruddy day at work. And here's what happens in the battle, in the unseen places. Maybe you recognize it, maybe you don't. But you're driving home and your spirit is whispering. Turn on some worship music. Maybe say a little prayer. Turn the talk radio off and put on K-Love. Get some food into your mind, will, emotions because you're hurting. And your flesh, at the same time, is screaming this. Krispy Kreme is at the next exit. <laughs> Twelve donuts is going to be wonderful. You will feel so much better. Or maybe for somebody else, it's a six-pack or a 12-pack of beer. Or a couple bottles of wine. It'll just take the edge off. It'll make your day better. See, they're not fighting against each other. They simply want to meet the need, the emotional need. The thought need that you have because you're hurting. And the question that I pose to you is which one are you allowing to feed your soul? Because that really, church, is the battle. It's the unseen battle that every single human being faces. It is why someone who has asked Jesus into their heart can say things like this to me, Dan, or say, say to me, Dan, if I'm such a good person or a Christian, how come I keep having these thoughts? Why? Because your flesh is trying to meet the needs that you're lacking, but so is your spirit. If you find yourself far from God right now, would you be honest and open with yourself? Have you really been feeding your soul from your spirit? Because I'm willing to bet you've been letting the flesh get in there a lot. Let me give you, <laughs> let me give you a quick litmus test. You're driving down the road. Somebody cuts you off. You wave at them. The question is, how many fingers are you holding up when you wave? Tell you if you're being led by the spirit or the flesh. <laughs> the battle is to meet the needs of your soul. Paul got this, and he wrote about it in several different, of, different letters that he wrote. To the church in Galatia, he wrote this. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. Anyone? In Romans, Paul is actually writing uh, this long diatribe about 
man, I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do, and da, da 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 and I pick it up in verse 21, Romans chapter 7, it says this, so I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. In my inner being, that's the spirit, I delight in God's law. Sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> For in my inner being, I, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body or my flesh, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Again, anyone. If, I'm not, I never said this in any, any other services, but if there's somebody here that is struggling with, man, I, I guess I'm not a Christian because I just oh, I have these terrible thoughts all the time. Let me tell you something. You are saved if you ask Jesus into your heart. If you believe that God raised him from the dead, the battle is the fact that your flesh is trying to keep that old man alive. Recognize that and understand that that's truly where the battle is. He goes, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, Jesus is who, who saves me from this battle. He's the one that delivers me from that. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. He goes on a little bit, just a few verses later in, in chapter 8, verses 5 through 9. And he says this. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the nature desires. But to those who live in accordance with the Spirit, they have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The Spirit, sorry, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled by the sinful nature. You, sorry. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. I looked up the word mind there in the Greek. <coughs> and here's, <clears throat> here's, what it, here's what it means. It comes from the root word phreneo. And it means to exercise the mind. And then it says, in example, to entertain. Let me read that first part of that scripture again with that understanding. Those who live according to the sinful nature entertain their minds on what the nature desires. But those who live accordance with the Spirit entertain their minds on what the Spirit desires. Church, what are you allowing to entertain your mind? It's different for every single one of us. We all have strong areas, and I'm going to again talk about it in just a minute. We all have strong areas, we all have weak areas. In those weak areas, what are you allowing yourself to entertain your, your mind, your will, and your emotions with? You know, we live in such a feely, touchy society and world anymore. Um, you know, one of the sayings is, if it feels good, do it. Is that fleshly or spirit? It's flesh, isn't it? But yet so many of us are led by that. Do we remind our feelings, our emotions, our will? Do we remind them of who is Lord and Savior? Or do we feed the flesh and let the flesh kind of take over? That, here's the battle. You guys getting that? You seeing that? Okay, so then let me give you three strategies that I believe will help you put yourself in a place to win this unseen battle. 
One of the things I like to do when I teach is I like to give people practical illustrations that they can remember. Um, and so I was talking to the teaching team, and we actually got discussing um, actually our lawns or our gardening. And I know not everybody can relate, but a vast majority of us can. And here's my hope, that in the springtime when the uh, snow starts going away and your grass starts greening up, I pray that you will never forget the words that I'm speaking to you right here. Because I believe there's three strategies that I want to tie into a healthy yard, a healthy lawn, that actually correlate very much to a healthy spiritual walk with God. And the first truth is this. Know truth. Know the truth. Two weeks ago, Pastor John talked about the armor of God and the fact that the entire breastplate and everything... Everything was founded and attached to the belt of truth. Church, if we don't understand what truth is, then guess what? Our thoughts go into all kinds of weird places. And stinking thinking starts to run rampant in our lives. We have to know the truth. I put in my notes in regards to my yard. I put this. The best way to kill weeds in your yard is to have healthy grass. We all have, anybody that has a yard, we all have areas in our grass that is incredibly healthy. It's just thick and you're like, man, I wish this could look like this because this is amazing. And what's amazing about it is it is so rich and so thick that the seed of a weed can't even get in there. The healthy grass completely chokes it out. And church, I want to encourage you, and I think it's the most important truth of all of this, is that you need to know the truth because if you have a healthy spiritual life, the weeds or the stinking thinking can't come up through it. And we all have areas in our life that we're really strong. And it's funny because when we're strong in those areas, if a thought pops up like that, we're like, that's stupid. And we, we, don't even, we just dismiss it and we don't even think about it because we're so healthy in that area. Jesus himself said this, if you hold to my teaching, you really, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you want to be free from these thoughts? Do you want to be free from this battle? Then know the truth. That was a good place for an amen. amen. <laughs> because the truth sets you free. And if you're struggling, like every single person in this room struggles with thoughts, it just reveals an area that's lacking spiritually. It's an area in your life that you may be weaker than in other areas. And I want to encourage you to know the truth. So what does it mean to know the truth? It means to know Jesus Christ. If you're here for the first time, or maybe you've been here for a little while and you're investigating Christianity, I want you to know that Jesus Christ died for your sake so that you could have freedom, so that you could have abundant life away from these thoughts that nag every single person from day in, day out, that all of us struggle with. He wants us to have an abundant life. What does that look like? It doesn't look like a financially abundant life, though that could be a part of it. What he wants you to have is a free from those the stinking thinking thoughts. That's where true life comes from. When you can live a day where you're like, man, I didn't have a single negative thought. And a pessimist person is like, that's never going to happen. 
I can find negativity in any positive thing. <laughs> know the truth. So what do you do to know the truth? Get into your word. Church, get into your word. There are people listening to me right now that have been walking, that have asked Jesus in their heart for many years, and they don't open their Bible. How do I know this? Because I was one of those people. Just to make sure that everybody understands where I'm coming from, I was raised very Catholic. Let me tell you how Catholic. <laughs> my dad was a priest. My mom was a nun. And some of you are putting that piece together. Um, <laughs> how are you here? <laughs> they disagreed with a lot of things that were going on in the church, so they got out, fell in love, got married, and had four kids, but still raised me very Catholic. And I knew about God. I knew about Jesus. I knew about the Holy Spirit. But very rarely, if ever, was I encouraged to read my Bible. See, it was all from the priest, which came from the bishop, which came from the cardinal, which came from the pope. That's, that's how we heard from God. It was a very Old Testament form of, of how to hear from God. And I wasn't encouraged to crack open my Bible. And there are some of you sitting in here right now listening to me, and you've never been encouraged to open your Bible. Um, I want to encourage you, open your Bible. Well, Pastor Dan, I don't understand it. And only, you know, only pastors really get true insight and revelations. <laughs> no, you were given the Holy Spirit, all the Holy Spirit, and he will reveal himself to you as you read it. Get into the word of God. It is the fertilizer for your spirit. If you truly want to win this battle and you want to allow the spirit to feed your soul more than your flesh, then get into your Bible and read the truths about you. Read who God is and read how God views you because that will give you that fertilizer and the life to make you spiritually healthy so that you can quench out the weeds. What are other ways? Prayer. You know what? Prayer is just communication with God. If I never communicated with my wife, how would my marriage go? Or how about this, if I only told my wife what I wanted and what I needed and never let her talk, how would it go? But yet that's how prayer looks like. We spend five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, amen, and we go to our day. We don't spend any time listening. I wanna encourage you in your prayer time, spend at least as much time listening than you do talking. It's awkward because you have to be quiet. We don't like to be quiet. But it's hugely important to have a healthy spiritual walk because you learn to hear from your spirit instead of your flesh. And that circle, the flesh is the outside. It's easy to hear the flesh. The spirit's the inside. You have to learn it. It's called spiritual discipline. How about worship? Pastor Jonathan Wood did an amazing job last week in talking about the resonating of worship and how that flows inside of a body. Worship is something that goes directly to the spirit of who we are and it encourages our soul, our mind, will, and emotions to focus on the things of God. Some of you are going, well, Pastor Dan, yeah, but they sing those songs over and over and over and the words over and over and over and over and again. Yeah, it's because God wants to tell you something. Your flesh is impatient. Your flesh is like, yeah, I got it. Your spirit's like, no, you need to get this. <laughs> Worship God with all your heart. Fellowship. Get involved in other people's lives. Which brings me to my second 
strategy. Recognize the weak areas and ask for help. Weeds in your garden or your yard, they thrive in areas that you don't pay attention to. Have you ever kept up on your weeds and then went on vacation for a week and come back and you're like, what? How could, was I gone a month? I was only gone a few days and it's just overgrown. Thoughts, negative thoughts, love to live in those weak areas. And sometimes we don't even recognize what those weak areas are in our own self. And we need help. It's one of the reasons that God created us for fellowship and for relationship. Yes, it's to have fellowship and relationship with him, but it's also to help one another. You know, Proverbs says this, as iron sharpens iron, so another man sharpens another man's countenance. Another proverb says this, the wounds of a friend can be trusted. Do you have a friend in your life that can speak to you and say, you are thinking about this wrong? Because we all need that, because we all have blind spots and we all have weak areas. Where do those weak areas hit us? See if you can relate to any of these. Insecurities. No amens? Just kidding. Anxiety. Ever stay up awake at night worrying about something that never came to pass? Um, how about this? Fear, vain imaginations, attitudes, self-image, self-esteem, finances, marriage issues, physical health issues. Ever struggle with thoughts in any of those areas? Let me share a few of mine. See if we can relate to this. I'm the executive pastor. I'm over the day-to-day -day activities of all the campuses and so, from time to time, I will get an email message from the campus pastors. If one of the campus pastors email, emails me and says this, Dan, would like to discuss a couple issues with you. Can we meet this week? I look at that email, and I go, well, absolutely. I need to make that appointment. I need to get with that campus pastor, but I don't have any worries or thoughts or any anxieties about that. If I get the exact same email from Pastor John, <laughs> Dan, Got a couple issues I want to talk to you about. We need to meet this week. How many of you know that the enemy pricks a little insecurity in my heart? And all of a sudden, I start going in places, crazy places in my mind. I will never forget early on when I started working for Pastor John at the church that he sent me one of those emails. Pastor Dan, I want to talk to you about a few issues. Can you meet me this week? I started, I know you guys don't do this. Um, I started arguing in my head what this, oh, oh yeah, I know what he wants to meet about. How could he even think that? <laughs> he is so wrong. I can't believe he's going to be that petty and he's going to come after me for that issue. So I had it, I had our, my argument all planned out. I had it all ready to go. I walk in his office. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm ready to meet. What, what, what do you need? You know, I'll never forget this. He goes, I just want to tell you what a great job you're doing. Days of torment. I'm not kidding you. And we laugh because you all deal with it. Man, it's a battle. 
And I can't tell you how many times my wife has looked at me and said, stop thinking that way. You know your place with Pastor John, and you don't even have to think that way. Even if he had to correct you, it's going to be for your good and your benefit. So stop thinking that. You don't need to have these battles going on. Wow. We need people to help us to recognize when we're not thinking properly. How about this one? Let's talk about your marriage. Some of you might have heard this before, but here is two journal entries from a husband and a wife. Her journal. Tonight, I thought my husband was acting weird. We had made plans to meet at a nice restaurant for dinner. I was shopping with my friends all day, so I thought he was upset at the fact that I was a bit late, but he made no comment on it. Conversation wasn't flowing, so I suggested that we go somewhere quiet so we could talk. He agreed, but he didn't say much. I asked him what was wrong. He said nothing. I asked him if it was my fault that he was upset. He said he wasn't upset, that it had nothing to do with me and not to worry about it. On the way home, I told him that I loved him. He smiled slightly and kept driving. I can't explain his behavior. I don't know why he didn't say I love you too. When we got home, I felt as if I had lost him completely, as if... He wanted nothing to do with me anymore. He just sat there quietly and watched TV. He continued to seem distant and absent. Finally, with silence all around us, I just decided to go to bed. About 15 minutes later, he came to bed, but I still felt that he was distracted and his thoughts were somewhere else. He fell asleep. I cried. I don't know what to do. I'm almost sure that his thoughts are with someone else. My life is a disaster. His journal, same day. Boat won't start, can't figure out why. <laughs> if you've been married any length of time, you know how true this is. You know what breaks my heart as a pastor? is people that allow these thoughts to continue to grow in magnitude. See, the enemy, the only thing he has is deception, church. The only thing he has is lies. And he knows where you're weak. He knows where you're insecure. He knows where you worry a lot. He knows those things. And all he does is whisper just one little line and we ourselves, in our weakness, begin to foster and feed that thought, and we just let it go and go and go, and it breaks my heart. You know where I see it as a pastor is I see it in people that go from church to church to church to church. Why do they do that? Because they get a thought in their mind that the pastors don't care or that they didn't do it a certain way, the right way, or da da da, and they never go and ask that pastor about what happened. You know, the Bible says if you have ought with a brother or sister, you should go to that person and ask them. So whether it's in a marriage or in a relationship with your siblings or your children or a neighbor, if you have imaginations or you have thoughts that start to, oh, he just doesn't care, go ask him if he doesn't care. Because 99% of the time when somebody has come and asked me, Pastor Dan, why did you do that? Or if my wife comes and says, what were you thinking? And I explain myself, the problem goes away. Because the person goes, oh, I was thinking about that all wrong. 
Man, the enemy loves to use those insecurities. And we need one another to help out. Ask a friend, am I thinking about this right? Go to that person. Hey, this is what I heard you say. Is that true? Is that what you're saying? And man, it's amazing the freedom that will come as you get help. <coughs> Third strategy, and I'll conclude with this one. <clears throat> when those thoughts or those weeds start poking up, you have to kill them from the root. And then you have to reseed. And I put in my notes, you can't just pull the top off of a weed. You have to go to the root. You can't just rip the weed out. You have to go in to the ground and you have to pull the root from, or the weed from the root. Um, there is one weed in particular in this region that uh, we got to talking about at, at the teaching team and two of the pastors actually brought it up. Um, and it is called bindweed. What a great name, bind. Ever have your mind bound up? Marcus, Pastor Marcus actually brought in a little baggie some bindweed. And see, the thing about bindweed is they've got a nice little pretty white flower. Have you ever had any thoughts that seem really pretty? Like bitterness? <laughs> Revenge. Oh. It looks pretty, but will destroy your yard. He brought this baggie into a nursery, and the lady looked at him and said, get that out of here right now. I will not even talk to you until you put that back in your car. It's that bad. I was doing research. How do you get rid of bindweed? Here was one of the comments. I was asking a friend what I do to get rid of bindweed. He told me to move. <laughs> we laugh, but how many of you actually try to battle that way? God, if you would just move me from this situation. That's not going to help you. Because it's something internal. And if you move, guess what? That bindweed goes with you. It goes with you. Paul writes, 2 Corinthians 10, says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Church, there are certain thinking there are certain patterns of thought that every single one of us struggle with that just healthy grass isn't going to choke out. The help of friends probably isn't even going to help us choke it out. You have to go down into the root. You have to allow God to come in and begin to speak to that thing directly and help you to truly get under the ground so that you can pull that thing out. The way you get rid of bindweed is you have to moisten the ground all the way around it. And then you have to pick up the plant and you have to start with like a dandelion puller and you just go to the root and you keep following the root. And you go, oh, and then it turns that way. And you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And you have to keep going until you can pull the whole thing out. The interesting thing about bindweed is, oh, and see if this doesn't relate spiritually. If you pull it from the top, plop, it actually triggers in the roots to send up seven, eight more sprouts. If you rototill bindweed, goodbye garden. Because it just goes, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, think about this. I'm not going to think about that thought anymore. What do you do? You entice your flesh. Have you ever said, I'm not going to think about that anymore? And then all of a sudden, that's the only thing you can think about? It's like somebody saying that they're going to stop smoking. As soon as, I'm going to stop smoking. Guess what? As soon as they try to stop smoking, man, all they want is, I got to Because the word of God says that when you do something in the flesh, it actually entices the flesh. 
So what do you do? You have to go to the Spirit. And you have to ask God through his Holy Spirit to remind you and help you understand what that root is. We have a great ministry at the church. It's called Sozo. And it's called, uh, or it's a deliverance ministry that helps you get to those roots and actually follow those roots. Where did that thought come from? Oh. And where did that thought from? Oh. And God, what do you think about me? Oh, that's good. And see, we think it's so important that we have quarterly corporate Sozo events. The next one will be at Lone Tree in January. But you can also make individual appointments by going to jfc.org slash Sozo, S-O-Z-O. And make an appointment. And let that team come alongside you and help you with those deep-seated negative thoughts that the enemy has trapped you and is stealing that abundant life. Because if you can pull those things out, then you can get victory in those areas. Now, my final thing is this. Jesus said that there was a man that was delivered from an evil spirit, and the evil spirit left, went to a dry and arid place, and then came back to that man and found that his house had been swept clean. So he went and got seven other demons and came back into the man and made him worse than he was. The key to this is, as you get those roots and you get them out of your mind and out of the way you think, you have to replace it with good seed. You have to put the seed back in there of God's word so that that house isn't just swept clean. It's not only clean, but it's actually got the right thoughts in it. It's got the right plants. It's got the right yard, whatever you want to correlate that to. But you've got the right thing spiritually in there. So I want to encourage every one of you that resonates with this message right now. We all need help with stinking thinking. Some to different levels. If that sozo resonated in your heart, make an appointment. And let's get that thought out of there so you can have that abundant life. And the true life that God wants us to have so that we can win this unseen battle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the fact that you have given us, again, the end of the story. The fact that we win. We are victorious as we follow and walk in relationship with you. <coughs> Lord, I want to pray for three people. The first one is... Those that hear this message and find themselves saying, man, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty healthy. God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit that you would continue to encourage them and remind them to fertilize that spiritual health in their life. God, I pray that their reading, as they open up their word, it wouldn't be stagnant, but it would be life-giving. I pray that when they pray, they wouldn't forget to listen. God, I pray that they would enter into godly relationships. I pray that they would enter into worship so that that healthy spiritual life would remain healthy and continue to be fertilized. God, I pray for the second person, that as they hear me give this message today, they realize they have a couple weak areas that weeds and bad thoughts are trying to rise up in. God, I pray that you would bring into those people's lives healthy relationships other believers that are strong in those areas so that they could come in and give that trusted word that may hurt at first, but is so trusted because it helps that area of that life become healthy again. God, give us all people in our lives that can speak into our lives and sharpen us and sharpen our countenance. And then, Lord, I pray for the third person, and that, that person is they constantly struggle with a thought 
or several thoughts that they cannot get away from. Lord, I pray that you would give them, by your Holy Spirit, supernatural revelation, whether it's through a ministry like Sozo or through a quiet time in their own bedroom. God, I pray that you would help them to diagnose and see where the root of that thought came from so they could rip it out. I pray that you would replace it with how you think about that situation. And what you think about that person. And Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally come in and you would give them freedom in those areas where they've struggled for so many years. God, you are the God that does the supernatural. You're the God that does the miraculous. You you are the God that raises people from the dead. And I know that you can reveal these things to us. We just have to be open to hearing those things and wanting to have spiritual health. Lord, help us all to be led by the Spirit more than we are by the flesh. And Lord, we pray these things in your name. Everybody said, amen.